And welcome to episode 84 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. The Cowboys go down. Now that we have a 28% shot of making the playoffs, we're going to give you the fallout from that. I'm going to tell you what the Cowboys need to do. And then NBA trades. I'm going to give you five trades that could shake up the NBA. And then Marshawn Lynch, Beast Quake, could be making his return to Seattle. All that much more here on a jam-packed episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to head over to YouTube. Give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. The Lamar Jackson video got tons and tons of comments on that one. Francisco Davis says, Lamar is the coolest kid in school. Everyone loves him because he's so nice and works so damn hard through the unfair criticism. Michael DeLay says, Lamar Jackson is having the greatest season a QB ever had in the NFL. And you are very right. Everyone wants a piece of the young prince of the Baltimore Ravens. Much love. So if you want to become a part of the Get More Sports podcast, head over there. Give me all your takes. But we got lots to get into, so let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? What it do, baby? Baby, baby. Let's get it on. How about damn Cowboys? Well, the Dallas Cowboys, they had a golden opportunity to salvage this up and down season. Remember, they started 3-0. Since then, they've gone 4-8. They had an opportunity to salvage their season and go into Philly, win that NFC East title against Carson Wentz and a bunch of practice-level squad receivers. And what do the Cowboys do? You know what the Cowboys do. It's big D, as in big disappoint, and they lose to the Eagles. Now they have just a 28% chance of making the playoffs. They have to beat the Redskins at home. Totally doable, but they need the Eagles to lose to the Giants on the road. Giants, who knows? Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, they might be able to eke one out against the Eagles. I don't see it happening, so that means the Cowboys are going to be the most talented and the most expensive team to miss the playoffs. And, of course, Jerry Jones, he looked defeated after the game. Come up here and uh, play a better game than we played. And... uh, I thought right up until the very end of the thing that we could come in and make some plays and get it done. Um, But um, so um, it is a very meaningful game because of the the circumstances within the league. And uh, uh, we've uh, uh, had times this year a lot when we didn't play uh, as well as we wanted to play, but uh, uh, we had in mind stepping back up here and getting on a run and. uh, having some good things happen. This is a, a disappointing setback for that locker room and for all of us, and I know it is for the fans. And Jerry Jones, he looked downright defeated. Someone give Jerry Jones a hug after that one. I don't know if he was watching the Dallas Cowboys or did he just see the new Cats movie because he looked disappointed. He looked like a kid that was looking to get a PS4 for Christmas and ended up getting a puzzle And speaking of this Dallas Cowboys puzzle, I think what we learned yesterday, Dak Prescott will not get that contract extension that he was looking for. Dak Prescott is not going to get that big bag, that $40 million per year that him and his camp were after. He's not getting any of that. He's going to get franchise tagged at this point. Look, he made his case for his new contract. He bet on himself, and yesterday, look, he proved, yes, he was injured. Yes, he wasn't at 100%, but he was missing throws all game long that cost the Dallas Cowboys. And give the guy credit. He did not blame the injury. Here's Dak Prescott after the game. Not at all. Not at all. 
Uh, the beginning of the game. Um, trusted the doctors uh, myself. Um, went through the process and um, went and warmed up and knew I was uh, able to go. Yeah, we just we didn't get it done. Uh, we're too talented of a, of a team and individuals to to not make the plays. Starting with myself, uh, and it's, it's disappointing. It's frustrating, but um, we all take responsibility. Uh, and as I said, I said it begins with me. And um, we're too talented, and we just we just didn't execute the way that we're capable of doing. And and they did. So look, Dak Prescott, I love his accountability, his leadership. This guy is not shying away from the criticism, from the expectations of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. But look, he bet on himself, and unfortunately, he's going to lose that bet. If you look at Dak Prescott, he made his case for his contract. He's not worth a dime over $23 million a year, and that's what he's going to get with the franchise tag next year. So one piece of this puzzle that Jerry Jones has to realize is you cannot extend Dak Prescott and give him $40 million a year. You got to exercise that franchise tag. You got to let him earn that contract because, look, Dak Prescott, yesterday you said you were healthy enough to play, and you did, and there were just too many missed throws out there. He checks off a lot of boxes, but one thing Dak Prescott, he doesn't have that Patrick Mahomes-like arm talent. He doesn't have that Lamar Jackson-like speed. He's a good quarterback, a good to great quarterback. I don't know if Dak Prescott, to me, is ever going to be a truly elite quarterback. And it looks as of right now, that contract is gone that the Cowboys were offering Dak Prescott. Now, look, I think that he's a second-tier quarterback. I don't have him in that top tier. I think he's just outside of that, and I think he works well for the Cowboys, especially when you factor in that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott. But right now, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm saying, hey, Dak, we love you, but you're not getting that kind of money. Here's a live look at that contract that the Cowboys were offering Dak at the beginning of the season. The Dallas Cowboys, they need to be relevant again because it's just better for the sport. I don't care what all the Cowboy haters say. We need the Dallas Cowboys. We cannot quit the Dallas Cowboys. But at some point, you have to win. At some point, you have to play in Super Bowls. You have to play in NFC Championship games because at some point, you're going to become a relic. And it's getting to that point since 2000. Since 2000, the Broncos, Saints, Seahawks, Eagles, Ravens, Packers, Colts, Steelers, Patriots all have more wins than the Dallas Cowboys. So you got generations of fans growing up without seeing Dallas in Super Bowls, without seeing the Cowboys winning NFC Championship games. Look, the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl, Ezekiel Elliott was one years old. Jay-Z, the Backstreet Boys, and the Spice Girls all released their first album. Apple at the time was only making computers. So it's been too long. The Cowboys need to become relevant again, and they do that by doing five things. One, you've got to become more of a figurehead than a decision maker at this point. I don't care if you want the perception to be that you're making these decisions. You need to delegate those tasks to professionals at this point. You've got to stay out of their way, and you have to trust the results. Two, whatever coach you ultimately hire, whether it's Urban Meyer, Sean Payton, Lincoln Riley, whoever it is, you trust them and you stay out of the way. You don't meddle in their affairs. You let them do their job. 
Three, you don't extend Dak Prescott. Don't offer him a long-term deal. Sign him on that franchise tag and make him earn it. Make him prove it. Because, look, he's had multiple opportunities this year to win games for the Dallas Cowboys, the Vikings, the Jets, the Patriots, the Eagles. He just can't get the ball in the end zone when it matters most. Yes, he's had a good year. But, look, when it becomes crunch time, he hasn't delivered when it counts the most. And stop being a cloud over the organization. Look, it's already enough pressure as it is to wear that star on your helmet and be a Dallas Cowboy and then to have you adding fuel to the fire after each and every single game you don't need to do that if you want to be a head coach then you can answer the questions if you want to be a player then you can talk to the media but we don't need to hear from the owner after every single game and then lastly end this Super Bowl or bust mentality before every season look you've won three playoff games in 22 years I don't want to hear about the Super Bowl every single year develop grow and allow this team to take their bumps and bruises and then one of these days, you're going to break through and get back to the Super Bowl. So it's just a start. I believe in you, Jerry. I think you've done a lot for the league. I just want to see the Cowboys back in the Super Bowl just like you do. And some breaking news here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Marshawn Lynch could be returning to Seattle, and he could be in uniform this Sunday against the 49ers. Ian Rappaport tweeted, Marshawn Lynch and the Seahawks are open to a reunion, and Lynch has told people he plans to travel to Seattle today to discuss it. Sources tell me. And then Pete Carroll this morning, he was on ESPN 710, and he said, we're going to give him a really good chance to come back and play for us. He's an extraordinary individual. I'm hoping for him. He loves this city and this team. So the Seattle Seahawks, they are thin at running back. Yesterday, Chris Carson, he goes down with a fractured hip. CJ Prosize, he's been out with a broken arm. And this team, they are in injury mode at the running back spot, and they might bring back beast mode. I think it's a brilliant move for the Seahawks. And let's be honest, we weren't ready to say goodbye to Marshawn Lynch. Now, is this going to happen? Here's Ian Rappaport talking about Marshawn Lynch rejoining the Seattle Seahawks. This does, in fact, sound like it's going to happen. And this really uh, kind of caught fire a little bit last night when the Seahawks realized the just incredible toll this game took on them. Running back injuries, Chris, Carf Chris Carson out for the season, C.J. Procise out for the season. They need running back help. And, of course, Marshawn Lynch did visit the facility pretty recently just to say hi, just so they could kind of check on him and make sure that if they needed him, he was ready. They do need him. He believes he is ready. And, and Tom, of course, he has told people close to him that he is ready and wants to play. And it does, in fact, sound like the Seahawks are going to go down the road, assuming that he's in the kind of physical shape that he says. And you know, this is a relationship that could have gone sideways a million times. It has been tense, but the lines of communication have been open. They have maintained a good relationship recently, and that comes in handy on days like today. 
Now, Marshawn Lynch hasn't played since week six of last year when the Raiders took on the Seahawks, and a lot has changed up in Seattle since the last time he towed the rock for the Seahawks back in 2015. You have new offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. You have new offensive line coach Mike Solari. And even the schemes are slightly different. But one thing that remains the same is Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. He wants to be aggressive. He wants to run with physicality. And I think this is a great move for the Seattle Seahawks. They are depleted. They have been bitten by that injury bug at that running back spot. And you bring him in because, come on, you did Marshawn Lynch dirty in Super Bowl 49. That should have been beast mode. But then Russell Wilson threw that interception, and the Seahawks went into deceased mode. Malcolm Butler picked that off. That should have been easy money. The Seahawks should have won two Super Bowls in that era. And if you look at it, Marshawn Lynch, four Pro Bowls. That's first in franchise history. 57 rush touchdowns. That's second behind Sean Alexander. And then he's fourth in all time in rushing at 6,347 yards as a Seattle Seahawk. And according to Elias Sports Bureau, he'd be the first four-time Pro Bowler to make his season debut in Week 17 in NFL history. So I love me some Marshawn Lynch. I think this would be a great addition to the Seattle Seahawks team that I really believe in. I still think the Seahawks have a legitimate shot to get to the Super Bowl. I'm a big believer in Russell Wilson. And if Marshawn Lynch comes in fresh and motivated, I don't see why he can't be a pivotal part of a Seahawks Super Bowl run. I genuinely believe the fact that he's willing to come back this late in the year, he's got something to prove. He's got some football left in him. I'm hoping he's got some Marshawn Lynch moments in him. I'm hoping for a beast quake. I'm hoping he gets hyphy on the sideline again. I don't care what it is, but I'm here for it. And I've got some of the best Marshawn Lynch moments for you guys. So here, how about you guys feast mode on some of this beast mode? Our lineman, oh my God. If my lineman wasn't so good, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And me being as broke as I am, I'm about to find a way to treat my lineman to sizzling. Now, as opposed to when the Saints have the ball. Oh, look at this run. What a run. his way for a game. advice someone gave you to stay in school and don't do drugs <laughs> you feel me hey hey come over here boy come over here boy this is the man right here on that back over and over again they just not gonna want that think there's a deeper metaphor there run through a motherfucker's <laughs> face then you don't have to worry about them no more Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined, so y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer, so I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. Six, two. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get fined. 
I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. So you won't get fined. Stepping and some shifty maneuvering, and Peterson tries to strip him. Oh. Stay in bounds, because he stayed in bounds, he's gonna go all the way. You know why I'm here. Now, I don't know what you want for Christmas this year. Is it a pair of Bread 11 Jordans? Is it an Apple Watch? Is it a PlayStation 4? I don't know what people want this year, but I know what I'm getting, and that is the Clippers versus the Lakers on Christmas Day. The battle for Los Angeles is going down in under 48 hours, and Rick Buecher dropped a piece that says that Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, that there's beef between the two. So a great time to drop this piece. And it goes inside the personal intense rivalry between the King and the Claw. They talked to Patrick Patterson from the Clippers about it, and he said they'll never acknowledge it, but I think under the table, yeah. You've got two guys in L.A. of all places who are both eyeing the same prize and are on tremendous teams and have a tremendous chance of making it to a championship and winning it. Our goal, first and foremost, is to get to the postseason, but I think there's a little eyeing going on back and forth. There's got to be. So it's clear right now that Kawhi Leonard snubbing the Lakers back in the summer was it more than just, hey, I want to go to the Clippers? Or did he really play the Lakers? Did he really draw things out long enough to hurt their chances to sign other free agents? Well, if you read this piece, it does lend credence to that theory now, my question is, why is anyone surprised? Do you remember the commercial that they played on opening night? You remember the New Balance commercial? Well, if you don't, I have it for you right here. commercial said hey Los Angeles is his city and then if you saw what this keychain had on it his keychain has a crown on it if that's not a shot at the king I don't know what is and he signs with New Balance remember I was saying he signs with New Balance and brings a new balance to the west well it's clear that he came out to the west to try to get LeBron's crown and to take over Los Angeles and to take over the NBA his way remember the Clippers What's their saying? L.A. our way? I think there's really something to this. And then an Eastern Conference general manager, his identity was concealed because the league prohibits executives from discussing other teams' players. He would go on to say, I would say there's mutual respect, but there's an appropriate level of fear as well. They know each other are really talented, but there's not a lot of admiration. I don't see them going out to dinner. So 
He's saying, hey, you're not going to see them at Spago or Craig's together. And this is what LeBron does. Hey, LeBron James is not a big fan of Steph Curry. He's clearly not a fan of Kawhi Leonard. He does not like when anyone tries to come at the king, and Kawhi Leonard is not afraid of LeBron James. You remember what LeBron James did? He came out and was talking about load management. That's the, that should be the approach. I mean, unless we're getting to, like, you know, late in the season, we've clinched, and we can't get any better or any worse. And, you know, it could benefit from that, but, I mean, why, why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? It doesn't make any sense to me, personally. I mean, I don't know how many games I got left in my career. I don't know how many kids that may show up to a game that they're there to come see me play, and if I sit out, then what? You know, that's my obligation. My obligation is to play, play for my teammates, and if I'm, if I'm healthy, then I'm going to play. If coach sits me out, then I've, I'm not healthy, and, and it's just that simple. And so clearly that's a shot right back at Kawhi Leonard. So we're going to see how this unfolds on Christmas Day. And the executive would also say that Kawhi knows, oh, I can get him. And LeBron knows he knows. So he's saying that LeBron James knows that Kawhi can check him. I don't believe that at all whatsoever. If you watch Kawhi, Kawhi isn't even always guarding the team's best player. The opposing team's best player isn't always defended by Kawhi Leonard these days. So, yes, he's a great defender. We'll see how he does on Christmas Day. But, hey, great story to plan a couple days before the Christmas Day showdown, the Battle of Los Angeles Kawhi Leonard versus LeBron James. I think the Lakers at home, the way they've been playing, losing three straight, I think the Lakers get the best of the Clippers on Christmas Day. But before we wrap, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Jerry Jones purchased the Dallas Cowboys on February 25th, 1989 from H.R. Bum Bright for $140 million. Soon after the purchase, he fired longtime coach Tom Landry to that point, the only coach in team history in favor of his old teammate at Arkansas, Jimmy Johnson. Today, the Cowboys are the most valuable team in professional sports. They're worth over $5 billion. That's right. Bottom for $140 million. Now they're worth $5 billion, and they have three playoff wins in 22 years. But that is going to do it for Episode 84 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and give me all your comments right down below in the comments section. See you guys tomorrow. Got a big holiday week of shows for you guys. See you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm out.